was great. Hey, I'm really excited for to invite. I'm going to have both you guys, Pastor Zane and Jan Anderson, come on up here with us. And these guys were our pastors in Tucson and uh, mentors to us, and uh, we are so excited to have them. But about a year ago, we felt. We, we asked them to actually step into kind of a new role. It's not a staff role, but just as a relationship role. As spiritual overseers, we call them apostolic elders. And basically, we as elders recognize, who are we talking to? Who's, who's speaking in our lives? Who do we go to when we need help? Or, or who do we have or we're accountable to to say, hey, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit concerned. You're heading that, that way, in that direction. And so we felt like we really needed to uh, have, have some pastors uh, to speak into us. So they were the first ones where our plan is maybe have two or three more uh, of those because we're non-denominational. So we're like, man, we really need some accountability. Don't you guys think that's some healthy leadership? Yeah. So we're so excited to have these guys come. Um, it's been, it's been kind of too long. It's been about a year, but uh, they're going to be talking to the, um, elders and the staff tomorrow, and we're going to pour into us. And so we're so glad to have them. Just wanted to welcome them. Jan, Good. do you want to say anything since you never get to talk first? <laughs> I know, really. We are just thrilled to be here with you again and just to experience what we experienced this Already. morning. Yeah. I said to my husband in the water baptism, oh my gosh, the daddies are baptizing their children. Come I, on. Don't you? I love seeing that. But even hearing them um, vocally Pastor Jeff and Pastor Sarah express who Jesus is because so many times in water baptism, it's like boom and boom and they're gone. So to have that as such a powerful, I just thought they're making memory stones That's right. in their life where they encountered God and you celebrated with them. So we just want to honor you as a congregation and how well you're loving each other. Come on, go give it back oh, to the sorry. boss. I just wanted to pray too over them because they in case we don't get an opportunity because we're not the only church. They're actually got multiple, how many, seven or eight churches yeah. that they are helping oversee. And the Lord's really using them in some profound ways. And I just wanted to pray for their ministry. Uh, Sarah, you want to do that before we get started? Hallelujah. God, I thank you, God, for Pastor Zane and Jan, Lord, just for this incredible, that they are one. I just see them as one braided you, with Lord. you, Holy Spirit, that... Hallelujah that they are, are stronger together with you, and that everything that you have equipped them to do for years and decades of, in ministry and just their personal lives and families, the things that they've had to walk through, the valleys they've had to walk through and to grow in their faith, to see their grandchild almost die and to, to stand in faith, that this woman is a pillar of faith to stand in, on behalf of her grandchild and to see him live and be whole. And God, I thank you that for this spiritual mom and, and grandfather, really, for us, that we get to receive from them. But I pray that, that we will be a blessing for them, that, that others, will, others like ministering angels will come alongside them and pour into them, Lord, and refresh them and give them the word that will nourish them like manna from heaven. Hallelujah. That when, when they are at the end of themselves, that you are meeting every need that they have. And I just thank you that your presence is here, that you're speaking yeah. through Pastor Zane, Holy Spirit, that you're going to um, touch hearts and speak to them, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Take it away. Take Come it on. away. Come, Come on. Let's welcome them. Hallelujah. Amen. Well, good morning. Tell the person next to you it's the best you've looked all week long. Tell them. 
Now, now say back to them, and by the time that guy's done, you're going to be even better looking, I'm telling you. It is, it is just a delight to be back. Uh, we just, we love this house. Obviously, we love Pastor Jeff and Pastor Sarah. They uh, were not only on our staff, but God knit our hearts together, and, and so grateful that when they left us and they came here, we hate you people, when they left us and came here, that the Lord reconnected us even in the role as overseers of the house, and we get to come and, and talk and speak into their lives. We, we talk often on the phone, different things. He gave me a list of people he wants me to deal with today. No, no, I'm, I'm being stupid. But uh, it's just, it's great. It's great. Aren't, aren't I blessed? Did anybody see my wife? Aren't I blessed? I don't know, Jeff. I don't, Pastor Jeff, I don't know why us ugly guys get such good-looking wives, but I don't know if it's favor or God feels sorry for us. But, uh, and the baptism, I'll echo Jan's words, was off the hook. My word is ridiculous. And that's a good word. It's just ridiculous seeing those children getting baptized, those fathers. Uh, where is Cody back in the room? I, I, I just happened to cross paths with Cody and Samantha. Samantha. Almost said Stephanie. Cody and Samantha. And I just, I felt like I was supposed to speak into them that today was going to... Never met you before, but I just feel like something got broken free. I did tell Cody, I said that Pastor Jeff got a call from your wife, and she said, would you please keep Cody under the water about 12 minutes? I just want to make sure everything dies, and he comes up in newness of life, and so all that kind of stuff. So, But it's, it's a delight. It's a delight to be here, and I look forward uh, for tomorrow speaking to the elders and then the elders and the staff. You, you are just an incredible, you know, I got to say it, it's just different here than the last time we were here. And I don't know if Pastor Holly is, is around somewhere or she's hiding out or whatever, but man, worship was, where are you? Worship was so delightful. Thank you for just leading the flow and just, it, it's, it's everything. I, I, I remember... I remember growing up, I wasn't raised in church, but I got in kind of early, and we called, we called what we just did the song service. They called it, how many remember when they called it the preliminaries? Oh, God deliver us. That's primary. That's priority. Worship prepares hearts for the words. I just appreciate just, and those young people, they were kicking, man. Whoa. Whoa. Seeing Gracie up there, what a, what a joy, and all those young people. So they never asked me to sing in any worship team. Uh, there's reasons, but anyways, while I, while I was praying, and, and I, I hope this doesn't sound presumptuous of me, I don't need another preaching gig. Uh, we've been in ministry, man, 40 lot of years, almost 50 years we've been doing this thing. And I don't mean that arrogantly at all. I'm grateful for the call of God, but, but, but we, we're not just looking for another place to preach. We, we kind of passed the baton uh, about three years ago to a, to a young man, and now we're traveling crazily all over the place. But I don't need another place. So when the Lord speaks, I want to go where the Lord wants me to go. And I want to say what he wants me to say. I mean, want to hear from him. Truthfully, the church doesn't need more sermons. We need more words. We need, we need a rhema word from heaven. And so when Pastor Jeff calls, obviously, the obli- not an obligation, but the, the relationship, it's easy for me to say yes. But even then, I don't want to just go to go. And so I begin to pray. And the Lord began to really speak to my heart. And I'm so excited about this morning. Tell the person next to you, you had to be here. 
Yeah, yeah, I know you're here all the time, but, but this morning is, is, is significant, and, it, and it's born out of a passage that the Holy Spirit began to just, while, while I'm on my morning walks with the Lord, my morning run, I hear the Lord, and He just dropped this verse. It's a passage that speaks to what's about to happen. It's a verse of Scripture that I believe speaks to what the Lord has set Himself to do in this place this morning. I didn't need the validation that I got when I got in here, but the, but the worship set that, that Holly and the team prepared, they had no idea what I was preaching on, and yet as I listened to every song, I thought, Lord, you're just refer- affirming and reaffirming and validating what He's about to do. Tell the person next to you, you had to be here this morning. Come on, I know you got, I know, I know I keep telling you to say it, but you got to hear it because the Lord has said Himself, you have, though you didn't know it, a divine appointment. A divine appointment. And the passage the Lord spoke to my heart is found in the Gospel of Luke, and you're certainly welcome to turn there. Uh, just one verse of scripture, but it's been, it's been just kind of pulsating within my spirit, knowing what it spoke and what, what's about to happen. It says in verse chapter, chapter 5, verse 17, Luke's gospel, one day, say one day, by the way, if I can digress for a moment, that word one day in the original text could easily and, and, and readily be, be translated this day. So it's not someday, one day, but somebody shout today. today. Yeah, this is the day that what we read is about to happen. It says, one day, this day, while Jesus was teaching, I love that. I love the imagery of that. While he's ministering, while he's bringing forth truth, God's healing power manifested. So while Jesus is at the pulpit, at the stand, up front of, uh, uh, in, in, a, in, in a group of people, and he's teaching, he's ministering, in the midst of that moment, Not at the end, but in the middle of it, the Spirit of God begins to move and healings begin to take place. Anybody glad you came this morning? Because that's about to happen. And I don't say that with any sense of arrogance, but a deep sense of conviction and an awareness of what God has spoken to my heart. That this day, while the Lord, while while I'm talking, the Lord's going to begin to heal because the healing power. And tell the person next to you, the healer's in the house. Tell them, come on. The healers in the house. And there's one very specific area that the Lord has, has quickened to my heart that he wants to manifest healing. He's already, he's already ministered healing, but there's a very specific and, and, and significant area that the Lord has set himself to minister healing. It's an area, quite frankly, many of you, some of you, have struggled with for a long time. And you love the Lord, and you're committed to Jesus, and you're all in. But there's an area of your life that you're, you're not completely free of. In fact, for some of you, and again, I want to emphasize, you love Jesus, but this area has become a stronghold. It's not about heaven or hell. It's not about you don't love God or God doesn't love you. It's not about that God's kind of done with you. But there is an area that it started maybe, maybe I want to say innocently or or. or Forgive me, I'm not a good English person. Ink smallly, so to speak, just a little thing. But it has become a stronghold in your life. And the Lord has set himself to minister and set you free in that. I'm talking about the healing of hurts. Those wounded places. That we, we so easily cover up. We so easily try to ignore. We so easily think, ah, that's okay, I'll be all right. But deep within, it's become, it's become more than a hurt. It's become a root. It's become a stronghold. And as I, as I leaned into the Lord and he quickened this to my heart, I said, Father, is that what you want to minister? He said, Son, I want to set the captive free. Somebody say amen. amen. 
That's why I keep saying you had to be here because though this is always maybe where you come on a Sunday, this Sunday's different. This Sunday's significant because the Lord has set himself to heal the hurts. And the fact is, hurts happen. You can't live life and not get hurt sometime. I don't care how spiritual you are, how wonderful you are, how, how beautiful you are. It's, it's, it's what one writer calls the common denominator of life. They're inevitable. They're unavoidable. You're going to get hurt. Jesus said in Luke chapter 17, it is, it is impossible for you not to get hurt sometime. That's kind of a loose paraphrase. But it says it's impossible not to experience an offense, a hurt, a wound. It's a part of life. If you never want to get hurt, don't get married. Tell, tell your wife or husband next to you, he's not talking about me. I'm just telling you right now. I, I know it sounds silly, but if you never want to get hurt, don't have kids. And I'm not being cynical. I'm not being kind of, kind of callous. It's, it's reality. If you never want to get hurt, don't join a church. Come on. Come on. I remember they came to my church and said, I, I, I don't know if I want to join this church. I'm looking for the perfect church. And I lovingly said, fine. When you find it, don't join it because you'll ruin it. And I don't mean to be ugly, but come on, let's get real. There's no such thing. This church, that church. In fact, some of you, there's been church hurt, and he's coming after it. He's coming after it this morning. There's things that have happened at another church under another leadership. Terrible things, unkind things. I don't know what I'm, all I'm talking about. I just know life happens, and hurts are a part of it. And, 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 and the real reality is, is what I do when the hurt happens. So I often say, welcome to life. It's not a matter of if you'll ever be hurt, it's when, and more importantly, what you do with the hurt when it happens. And you can't live life without experiencing it sometimes. The, the danger, loved ones, is when that wound or that hurt becomes, becomes a, as I mentioned, a stronghold. It, it begins to control and dominate your life. It, it literally begins in so many ways, often starts subtle, but it even begins to impact the way you live life. The way you see life, the way you look at other people, the way you react and respond to other people. And, and if you're not careful, it becomes what the Bible calls in Hebrews 12, a bitter root. A bitter root. And make no mistake, bitter roots, as the Bible unfolds, produce bitter fruits. Poisonous fruits that not only affect you, but even those of us, those, those that are around us. I, I have discovered, like some of you have already, that hurts have power. Almost like a cancer, they eat away at our lives, our joy, our peace. They, they can even destroy relationships. Relationships that never needed to end, but, but the, he, the, the hurts were never healed. Relationships that never had to be destroyed became destroyed because we didn't allow God to do what he wanted to do, and that was heal the hurt. Marriages and families, churches and ministries. Life, life happens and hurts happen. It's like a, a, a hurts are like a thief. They, they steal, they steal hopes. They shatter dreams and, and, and even, even destinies. And, and real sadly is even years of our lives Years of our lives are, are lost being held hostage to a hurt, ensnared, hurts that, 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 that the adversary uses to derail, de derail our lives. <laughs> Tell the person next to you, I hope it gets better. But I got to go here so he can go there. Come on. Because I can't get healed of something I won't admit. I can't get delivered of something I won't open up to. Yeah. 
Isn't it interesting? Have you ever noticed when you read the Gospels, Jesus was always asking someone who was obviously blind, obviously a leper, obviously dead, and asking, what do you want to do for me? What do you want me to do for you? And I used to think, Jesus, how unkind of you to embarrass the guy with the withered hand. Hey, stretch your hand forth. And everybody knows it's withered and everybody's going to see it. Hey, what do you want healing from? I'm a leper. Come on, give me a break. Be a little nice here, Jesus. And at the natural realm, I thought, how unkind, until I understood, if they can't admit they have the need, they can't get healed of the thing they need. Come on, somebody say amen. It's not unkind. It's the reality that I can't live in denial and have a breakthrough. And so here, here, I'm not trying to be harsh. I'm just trying to un, 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 kind of un, unfold something to you because I'm not saying that your hurt is no big deal. I'm not trying to minimize what you went through. I'm not, I'm not trying to say that it's not that big a deal because hurts happen. And it's what you do with the hurt. It's, it's how you respond to it that is so critical. If I can be so bold, there are some of you here, quite candidly, there are areas of your life that you're presently struggling with. It's not some deep sin. It's not some rebellion against God. It's because of the hurts that you carry and the wounds that have never been healed. And you love God. And again, you're all in, but there are areas of your life. In fact, there's some, the, the, even the inability to, to have and develop relationships that you long for, that you, you, you desire, that you were built for, and you go so far in a relationship, and all of a sudden you cut it off for fear of being hurt again. And the person goes, man, what did I do? I, I, thought we were, I thought we were good. I'm not even talking about a relationship that may lead to a marriage. Just relationship. And all of a sudden, man, you don't call anymore. What happened? And what is at the root of it that you don't know that they know is there's a fear. I'm going to get hurt again. I'm going to get hurt again. And so the enemy used, in fact, I've said for years, one of the, one of the, the adversary's favorite weapons in his arsenal against our, our lives are wounds and hurts. Because we push people away instead of re embracing them. We don't accept people because of, uh, because of a past, past hurt. May, maybe something that happened to us. I, I remember, I remember one time, this is kind of, kind of funny. It kind of, the moment shocked me. Person come up to me and just said these words, said, Pastor, I don't like you. It was right after a church service. And my first response was, well, I really don't like you either. But that's not good for preachers to do. And, and, and I'm trying to be silly here, but, but literally he said that. He said, I just don't like you. And I, I was kind of taken back, and, 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 and I, I leaned into it. I said, well, did I do something? No, no. You're a good preacher. Love the church. Love the worship. It's a good house. But I just don't like you. Why? Because the last pastor I had hurt me. And I'm just waiting for you to do the same thing he did. And so I'm going to keep you at arm's length. Come on. I'll keep talking until I find you in the house somewhere. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. And you love God. And it may be a person, it may be someone you work with, and the real reality is they never did anything to you, but they remind you of the hurt that happened to you in the past. And the Lord's coming after hurts today. Somebody say amen. The Lord's coming after those wounded places because, because I want to say it again, hurts happen. And we often try to ignore them. We often try to say, uh, that didn't hurt. There's blood all over you. I'm okay. You're about ready to pass out. Or, or, or even more than that, we hope they just go away. Hurts don't just go away hoping they go away. They have to be healed. They have to be healed. They have to be addressed in your life. Lord, that hurt. You're not a wimp to say that hurt. You're not immature in your walk to say that hurt. 
That's a wound. Why did they do that? Why did they say that? Why did that happen to me? Why did he get the promotion when I know I did all the work? That hurt. And so you've got to be willing, like David, to cast that hurt on the Lord. And then you've got to allow him. But just hoping, hoping that may, it, it, it'll, just, it'll just go away. It won't. Or we try to live with them. But there are times if you just try to live with them that something or somebody, something or somebody says or somebody does and you explode. And what it really is is they've touched a hurt. They've touched a hurt. And we become, we become what I call hooked on hurts. We expect it and we almost Almost can't wait for it to happen because that's, that's kind of our life. We get, we get stuck in what I like to call a, a victim mindset. Hurts always, we think things like this. Well, hurts always happen to me. Just a matter of time. And yet God says, no, I'm going to break that stronghold. And watch this. I'm going to break that mindset. I'm going to set, I'm going to set you free. And so we isolate ourselves for being fear of, of being wounded and we see life through our hurts. You love the Lord, but you're hostage. But I got news. I got some really good news this morning. You ready? The healer's in the house. The healer's in the house. Can, can I have you do it again? Tell the person next to you, I think we needed to be here. Tell them, I think we needed to be here. And the Lord told me he's come to tear down that stronghold. But before he does, and before there, there is a release of that breaker anointing that, that's just kind of like hovering over this room this morning, before he releases that healing flow, I feel like he wants to talk to us real briefly. And I'm going to go fast, and Pastor, you can come back and, and, and make this much better than I'm making it this morning. But, but I feel like the Lord wants to talk just real quickly about how we can stay free once we get free. Because you know what I've discovered in my life? I won't indict you. I've discovered I get free, and I have a tendency sometimes to get re-snared. Come on, do I have a friend in the house? Love God, but oh, man, because I don't understand kingdom principles and kingdom keys that will enable me to stay free. Because God, I got a word for you. Hurts will happen again. You can get free of a hurt. Healed of a hurt. And if you're not careful, the enemy will try to come back in. But if you understand some keys, you can stay free. Somebody shout freedom. And, and that, I, just real quick. First of all, this is the first one. You knew I'm going here. It, it, it's the tough one. But if you're going to stay free of hurts, you got to be willing to forgive. I knew he was going there. Can't I just load a gun and shoot him? Make sure they know Jesus. But listen to what Mark said. I love this translation. Mark chapter 11, verse 25. I love this translation. Mark eleven twenty-five. 25. Don't hold a grudge. Another translation. Don't hold on to the hurt. That's what we do. Don't hold on to the hurt, but forgive. Literally, let it go. Forgive one another. And I love the word that this translator puts in there. Forgive one another quickly. Somebody shout quickly. You got to do it fast. You gotta bust the move because if you don't, that root, that, that, that hurt becomes a root which begins to produce fruit. And I've discovered it's easier to pull up a plant that just got planted. Anybody see the imagery? Any farmers in the house? Come on, I have a farmer in the house. It's real easy to lift up, to pull up a tree that you just planted, the one that's been there a few years. It's real hard. And so Jesus says, don't hold a grudge. And so you got to forgive. And I know, I, I know that's not easy. I, 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 I know that, that it's, it's easy for me to say that to you. But pastor, you don't know what they've done to me. I know. I, I, I don't know your hurt, but I know hurt. 
I know betrayal. I know being lied on. I know being lied about. I, 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 know, I know social media, the drive-by terrorist. Come on. And they have the freedom to say whatever they want about you, and you don't have any way to, 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 to retaliate, no, to get back or to make it right. And when you do make it right, they'll say, see, he's trying to make it right because it's wrong. How many hear what I'm saying? Do I have a friend in the house? I understand all that. I get it. I understand hurt. I don't know your hurt, but I know this. I know this. He wants to set you free from that hurt. And with the Holy Spirit's help, he can help you to forgive because I believe once you have an encounter with the healing, there's got to be a moment that you say, now, Lord, I forgive them. And most often it's a process. Somebody should say process. You know what I've discovered about process? It's every day. Sometimes it's a daily choice. Sometimes I forgive them, and two days later I see them. Gosh, some of you are thinking, man, this guy's so right where I live. I've been there, done that, and got a bunch of t-shirts. I know. Oh, God, I just released them. I said, oh, I'm free. I'm free. Oh, my God, there he is. I'm free. I'm free. I'm free. I'm free. I'm free. I'm free. And as silly as that may sound, that may know what I'm talking about. Yeah. I don't mean it unkindly. I've been there. I know that. And God, when am I going to get free? Just every day, Holy Spirit, help me to forgive. And sometimes it's a daily choice until all of a sudden, and it's not all of a sudden, then you realize, wait a minute, now I'm free. Because you finally let the freedom of forgiveness lock in and break their ability to control you. I think I'll say amen all by myself. And so we release that, and we, 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 we forgive, and it's a daily choice. And it's very important. i got to stay here just for a moment. It's very important that you understand forgiveness doesn't mean that you become best friends. Go ahead. Say hallelujah. hallelujah. You mean i got to be friends with them? No. The wound is too deep. The abuse was too traumatic. You don't have to be friends because you're forgiving them isn't about them anyway. Huh? No. You can't make them change. Forgiveness is about you. Forgiveness is about your freedom. Forgiveness is the key that you turn the lock. And I'm free. They're still doing their stuff. Not anymore with me. I'm free. And I don't have to become friends. In fact, in fact, forgive me. I don't even have to necessarily like them. I guess I'm not coming back, huh? Because <laughs> I'm not going to go back in that abusive situation. I'm not going to walk back into that, but I'm not going to let them keep me abused from a distance. How many see what I just said? Because of the unwillingness to forgive. And so you got to be willing to forgive. Next, quickly, i got to move fast. Got to move fast. Number two, you gotta, you got to ask for this. And this is really a fine line, but you got to ask for a tougher layer of skin. Can I just be real candid with you since I'm not coming back? Don't be so sensitive. Come on. Quit being sensitive so much. I mean, I want to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. But some of you, some of you just don't take things so personal. Yeah, but he, he walked right by me and didn't say hi. Yeah, I know. And he's thinking the same thing about you. They walked right by me and didn't say hi. Come on, come on. Can, can I say it strong? We need to grow up just a little bit. And not, not... <laughs> Oh, I'm going to get in trouble. Some of you, I have nobody in mind. Let me find that list. I have nobody in mind. But some of you are like Velcro. Everything sticks. Boom, 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 
boom. I wanted to, I wanted to have Jan make a Velcro jacket and have her throw those Velcro, those little, you know, those balls. Bam, bam, bam. Some of you need to get that, get that jacket off. You become conditioned. You become hooked on hurts. You become, you've got a mindset. I'm always going to be hurt. So you expect it. It's what, uh, uh, um, oh, the Elijah uh, task. Yeah, no, 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 the book, The Elijah Task. The counselors, help me, Jan. Sanford, John and Paula Sanford, I don't know if you know them, but they're incredible. They're both with the Lord, but incredible writers. And he talks about a bitter root of expectancy. It's a kingdom principle that we have a bitter root, and so we expect. So when it happens, we're not disappointed, though we almost cause it to happen because we expect it to happen. Anybody understand what I said? This is a smart congregation. You told me they were smart. So, so, so hear me. You got to get it. You got to. I, I, I know it hurt. Watch this. I know it hurt, but it doesn't have to stick. Amen. Amen. Number f- whatever. Three. Who said three? Somebody's following me here. This is key. This is key. Can I keep going? I'm close to being done. He's what? Two, two, fifteen, two, thirty. Yeah. Don't be offended. And don't get hurt. Everything sticks on you, people. Watch this. Watch this. Stop. Say stop. Stop. Key. Stop reciting and stop reliving the hurt. Stop it. You have power over your mouth. And really, in many ways, with God's help, you have power over your head. Stop nurse. Stop. Stop. Nursing the hurt, the, the, oh, the power of our thoughts and the power of our words to keep us ensnared. The, the power of life and death is in the tongue. Your words have power. The Bible also says in Proverbs, as a man or woman thinks, so, so are they. How you think, if you constantly dwell on that hurt, you constantly talk about, you constantly get with your friends, and the first or second thing, topic of discussion is, can you believe what, and you've been talking, and it happened in 1953. And you're still talking about it. And I don't mean to be harsh. I'm passionate. Because I've been there. I know what I'm talking about. I know the pain of not being free. Trying to preach and minister with hurts all over my life. God, i got to get free. Then you need to forgive me. Shut up, Zane. And every time you get in your circle, you talk about it. And every time you get with somebody, you rehearse it. Stop rehearsing. He says in Isaiah 48, remember not the things of the past. Let them go. Here's the key. Your thoughts and your words, listen to this, give power to the hurt. Watch, it even gets more tragic. Not only does it give power to the hurts, it gives power to those who hurt you. They're still in control. They're still controlling your life. And you divorced them 20 years ago. They died 20 years ago. I'm not being harsh. I'm being real. And because you're allowing them, because you can constantly rehearse and relive and, and think about the hurt, overcome it. I'm so, I'm so thankful. First of all, obviously, my best friend, which is, which is my wife. But I'm so thankful for friends in my life that told me what I needed to hear, not what I wanted to hear. I'm so grateful I had some individuals who said, Zane, every time we get together, you talk about that. Well, I'm going to hurt. When are you going to get healed? When are you going to get free of it? It's coming out in your sermons. It's coming out in your conversations. Come on. 
every time. And he says, and, and I had those who, who, who didn't just pray for, didn't just pray for me. They prayed with me. They didn't fuel the hurt, but, and, and keep it stirred, but they prayed that God would fully heal the hurt and set me free. I, I think of probably one of the most dramatic stories in the Bible. It's one of my favorite. This lady, this lady was ridiculous. Her name was Abigail. How many know the story of Abigail and David? And David, David's not yet king, but everybody knows he's going to be king. Everybody recognizes that it won't be long, and God's going to transition him to the throne. Everybody's loving on David, and David's out taking care of sheep, and he takes care of the sheep of a man named Nabal. And he's watching over sheep, making nobody sure nobody steals him. And, the, and, and, and in those days, watch this, in those days it was common to remunerate somebody that watched over your sheep. And so when it was time for shearing and all the sheep were in, David said, well, he's going to send some money. So he said, send, I think, a couple of his guys. Go to Nabal's house and said, hey, we're here for a little re- remuneration, a little reimbursement for all the thing we did to protect you. And Nabal just kind of blows them off and says, who does David think he is? I'm not giving nothing to this guy. And they go back to David. And they tell David, now David's a mighty man. They go back to David and they say, David, he told us to buzz off. He said, forget you, you ain't getting nothing. And he says, who does he think he is? And all of a sudden, anybody know what flesh is? Anybody still have a little flesh? Now, Cody, we got rid of most of it, but you're going to still have to deal with it every now and then. Just a little bit left. Okay? You gotta, now you got to walk in that freedom. That's why that class that, that, that's going to be taught here on freedom is so important because, man, you're going to learn how to live in freedom. And David rises up and says, guys, get your, shul- get, your, get, get, get your swords and get your spears. We're going to go take that guy out. Who's he think he is? Talk that way about me. I'm the king. I'm going to be king. He takes off. And there Abigail hears about it. Long story. Abigail hears, and she gets about, I don't know how many donkeys full of bread and wine and cheese, and she goes and stands right right in the middle of the road as David's just flying down the road ready to go kill her husband and he stops dead because he sees this beautiful woman with all this food and stuff and she says to him watch this is the kind of friend you need David I know what he did I know how he talked to you I know how that hurt you but David don't do this watch you're a king he's a fool look up his name Nabal means fool. David, you don't need this against your record. He's not worth it. Some of you need to get a, get a clue. The person you want to you retaliate, they ain't worth it. You're only going to hurt your reputation. Come on, somebody say amen. You're only going to hurt your reputation. It's only going to mark you. They're going to go on their way. David, don't do this. You're a king. Don't come down to his level. Let God release to her. What a... I just got a couple more I got to get out of here. Here's a good one. You ready? Can I keep going? Yes, and keep going. You want to you learn to live free of hurt? You know why? Am I losing it? Do I need to pick up a handheld? Okay. Don't sit in salt. Get up and serve. It will keep you from a victim mindset. It will keep you from a pity party. Serve somebody. Serve somebody that doesn't hurt more than you have. Oh, this is so good. Ask God for perspective. This is a good one. What, what do you mean, pastor? Ask God to help you see where they're coming from. They may, but they may just be acting out of their own hurt. I've discovered hurting people tend to hurt people. And they have nothing to do with you that has just... They're not healed, and so they're just hurting everybody that's around them. And, and then finally, move on. Tell the person next to you, it's time to move on. 
Sooner or later, you got to move on. Stop waiting for them to come say they're sorry. I got a word for you. They're probably not coming. But they should come. Yep, they should come. Maybe they will come, but they probably won't come. So stop waiting for them to come say they're sorry and get on with living life. You are losing, been betrayed, been lied on. Welcome, welcome to life. You've been hurt. So have I. A lot of other people in this room. But you, just because you've been hurt doesn't mean you have to live hurt. That's so good. That's so good. Don't shut out a John because of a Judas. And I almost shut out my staff. I don't know, Pastor Jeff, if you were on staff when that tragedy happened in my, in the, in, in, within my leadership. Someone who I'd literally given a key to my house and my office. Someone I'd, I'd invested so much of my love and life in ministry and mentoring just totally betrayed us. Had an affair on staff, got crazy, lied on us, threatened me with a lawsuit, got on the news and spread rumors about us. And the betrayal was so deep, so deep. There was one moment, it, it was, I don't know how many weeks long, one moment Jan was coming through my office on a Wednesday night and going in for the service. I was going to speak that night and my office was dark and she started to go through and she could tell, oh, wait, and she hit the light and there I was sitting. And she said, what's wrong with you? I said, I'm ready to quit. I don't think I can make it. The wound was so deep. I understand. You think I'm just ripping up here? No, I understand. But I almost lost a church, a ministry, a family, a marriage, a home, because I was going to push away the, the John God brought in my life because of a Judas. I got a feeling that's what some of you are. Some of you, it's your church hurt, and you're here, but you're not in. I don't mean that unkindly. I, I'm not being harsh, but you're not really in because, well, that other church. I understand. I'm so sad. I'm sorry. I, I want to repent for those pastors that were abusive or took advantage of you or, 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 or manipulated you. I'm sorry it happened to you, but come on. We need you. The church needs you. Your gift, your anointing, your blessing. We need you to shake that off and let him heal because their voice, your voice, and you're not just your money, your ministry. Come on, somebody say amen. I get it. I almost, I looked at Jan and said, you go preach. I'm done. She says, you're not done. Thank you, Jan. Look me and I said, you're not done. You got lied on. You got betrayed. Knock it off, Zane. You know better than this. Shake it off. There's much. We would have never seen what God did if I would have gave up. Almost missed it. So I know what I'm talking about. You got to move on. Some of you got to quit talking to the dead. Yeah, I call them graveyard conversations. You're talking to somebody that's gone and dead and still commiserating over what they did to you and how they abused you or how they took advantage of you. I get it. I get it. They're gone. You got hurt? Yeah, it was unfair. Absolutely. Should they come and say they're sorry? Probably. I got a prophetic word for you. You might not like it. You're going to get hurt again. Sometime. And if you don't learn how to let him heal and then apply these kingdom principles that I went through too fast and allow the Holy Spirit to teach you how to walk in that freedom, you'll just circle. Like the children of Israel, 40 years, you'll be, and you'll go to heaven. They're all going to be in heaven. All those people in the wilderness, they'll be in heaven. They love God. They just never got free of things that God wanted them to get free of. You're not the only one to experience it. Holly, would you come and just 
get the worship team ready, I want to I stop here. They say, they say that time heals all wounds. That's a lie. Time does not heal all wounds. Sorry, it doesn't. But God does. Come on, somebody say amen. God does. My challenge to you is don't, don't wait 20 years before God can finally heal it. He's going to heal it today. I have such a, such a deep confidence in what the Holy Spirit's been speaking to me about, about this gathering and what he's about to do in this room. I'll never forget my encounter when God brought me to a moment in my life where, where he just began to pull the roots of hurt and pull the, pull, pour in the oil to heal the wounds. And he's, he's going to do it. He's going to do it this morning because the healer's in the house. But here's the key. Jeremiah 30, verse 17 said, The Lord says, I will restore and heal all your hurts. Let me give you some word. Isaiah 58, verse 8, For your breakthrough will come like the dawn, and I will heal your wounds. Some of you didn't know when you woke up this morning, it was your healing day. Some of you didn't realize when you walked in this building, you weren't just coming to church again. This was going to be a healing moment for you. Because the lover of your soul, his name is Jesus. It's here to set you free, to break its power once and for all. Some of you, it's a marriage wound. Some of you, it's in relationship to your children. Some of you, it's whatever. But the Lord says, he says in, in Psalm 147, verse 3, the Lord has come to heal the brokenhearted. And we even use the word, mend their hurts. It's one of the words in the song. I just saw that, that I love you, Holy Spirit. You are so cool. You know the best verse? I like Isaiah 53. He was wounded for our trans. He was wounded. He understands. We have not a high priest who can't understand the feelings of our hurts because he too was wounded and betrayed and lied on and hurt. But the healer's in the house. He's here to set the captive free. Would you just bow your heads with me? Just, just real, real quickly, I want to ask you. I said, I said earlier that you can't get healed of what you won't admit and what you, what you won't come to terms with. And there, there's more than a handful here. And you're saying, man, now I realize I needed to be here because the healer is going to set me free in the wounded place of my life. And if that's you, if that's you, I'd, I wouldn't embarrass you, but I just want you just to lift your hand and say, Pastor Zane, I, I, need, that, I need that wound. I need that hurt healed. Just lift it. Just lift it. In fact, In fact, can I be bold? Can I just do this for me? Would you, would you? Do you mind just standing as a declaration? Today I want the hurt healed. Just all over this room, just stand. Just wherever you are. Yeah, today's your day. Today, yeah, yeah. Today's your day. Uh-huh. I, I don't know how deep the wound is. I don't know how ugly the hurt is. I just know hurt. I know, I know how powerful it can be to dismantle and, and, and hinder what God wants to do in your life and your family and your destiny. But the healer's in the house. Who else? Just, I want to wait just, just a moment more. You're just wrestling with it. Go ahead. Just, you're not going to have to be embarrassed. Everybody in here has been hurt sometime. But today's your day. Don't miss this moment because the water is stirred and the healing is available and a breaker anointing is in the room and God's going to break, break its power over you, break its power in your life. We sing it. He is here. <laughs> He's here right now. And I'm going to ask you to go one more step. You probably knew I was going to go there. 
But I want to ask you to step out of where you are and just come to this altar and just get alone with Jesus and allow him to mend and heal and redeem. And Pastor Hawley, as you just begin to lead us in song, and some of you elders and some of you leaders can just come among them and begin to pray for them. But I just want you just to press into him. Press into him. Go for it. Go for it. Hallelujah, Lord.